Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football, the best podcast in the world in my opinion, but also a fantastic weekend of Premier League action. We've got loads to discuss on the show. Um, we've got the top of the table, who's going to win the title, but I'm going to add in who's going to get top four, who's the player of the year so far and also relegation. We will have the return of Pratt Pundit of the Week. You don't want to miss in the, you don't want to be missing this this week. It's absolutely fantastic. There is so much to get into about that. Um, we won't forget VAR. There's been a bad weekend about that. I'll, I'll let loose on that. Also, we've got lots of good either-ors, some of them suggested by you. And, of course, uh, ex-England players featuring massively. One one being compared to Kevin De Bruyne, which we'll get into. Noel Gallagher's going to get sat down there. And another one coming back to the Premier League, not the Premier League, the Championship, uh, to a club that Will supports. He's not very happy, are you, Will? No, I'm not. I feel sick as a parrot, to be honest, Mark. It's not a great day for my football club, but you only got to look forward and keep on smiling. As we say, keep right on to the end of the road. Goldbridge saves football. Rooney saves Birmingham. I think it's a great move. I'm really pro it. Um, you would, wouldn't um, you? Well, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. I love these sort of topics. Rooney back in football to take Birmingham back to the top. Love it. Uh, Will doesn't, but we'll talk about that why in a moment. Let's start off with something everybody can get involved in, though. Let's talk about the Premier League, Will. It was a fantastic Premier League weekend and Manchester City lost twice in a row. Um, we're going to talk about the title race uh, and a lot of things to do with the Premier League so far. Uh, game week eight, second international break. But are Man City in crisis or is this just their usual wobble in autumn? Well, I think it's more of a Rodri crisis, isn't it? Two weeks ago, we spoke on the podcast mm. saying, are Manchester City going to become the Invincibles again? We said they've got a hard run. We didn't expect it to start with a defeat against Wolves, a defeat against Arsenal. The only constant is that with their Champions League victory when Rodri was playing. So I think it's going to be a different case when he comes back. But as a neutral, going into a international break in October with Spurs top of the title, top of the tree sorry I think it's going to be I just I just want a last day scenario with four five six seven teams going at it in an absolute battle royale see I've got you in a good mood now you've forgotten about Rooney and Birmingham oh god he's back again he's right I I think this is exactly this is what we love football we've spent a lot of time talking about bad refereeing decisions and we will talk about that again but let's not forget why we do this podcast we love football and in a way Man City are saving football by losing a couple of games and not running away with the league. Um, I, th- I do feel I do f- I don't feel for City at all, Will. But you're right about the Rodri thing. It reminds me of when I was in you know late tw- teens, early twenties. Used to go out on a Friday night, and, and you sometimes you'd be in a rush. You'd get on the bus, you're on your way to Nottingham for a few uh, drinks at Liberties and that, and then you go, oh no, oh no, I've not put my jupe on, and it's like you've lost your power. <laughs> I haven't got my dupe on. And that Man City, they haven't got their dupe on. They haven't got Rodri. And, and it, psychologically, it's a massive blow. You still look the same, but you know what? I didn't feel the same. You know, that, that dupe not taking over the whole bar. One spray of that, everybody smells it. It was quite a defensive midfield, wasn't it? They pointed it out on Match of the Day with like Rico Lewis in there, Kovacic, and then Bernardo Silva playing deep. It was just, I don't know, it just... I'm not. I'm not going to be one here to say uh, tell Pep Guardiola how to do his job, but it did feel a little bit like the overthinking Pep that we've seen in some of the games when when you've got so many more attacking players on there. And you know, Arsenal defensively were absolutely fantastic. Ben White, an absolutely fantastic game. That back four a unit. But I yeah. just think it ties back to what we were saying at the start. Like, just give me a title race. That's all I want. I, I think in general it was a crap game, and I think you know yeah. I said when I was watching it that that game was going to get solved by a deflection a dodgy decision or a worldie that 
you can't do anything about. And and ultimately, it could have gone either way. And and thankfully, it went to Arsenal. Um, in relation to the title race, that's what we're, we want to talk about first. Um, I I I basically have three that for the title. I, I I'm saying that obviously Manchester City. I expect them to bounce back. Although uh, a little bit of hope here. Their next seven games, they play. Bournemouth's in there, fine, so that's three points. But they've got Man United, Chelsea, Brighton, Villa, Spurs and Liverpool in their next seven. I tell you what, if someone can knock one out, um, knock, knock, knock them off twice <laughs> there. I nearly, got, I don't know what I was there. I, t- I, 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 I don't know what I'm on about there. If someone can knock them off twice there, then I think, you know, at Christmas we'll still be talking about we've got a title race, Will. He's, he's, he's ecstatic about the, the prospect of someone <laughs> knocking one off about Man City losing. Um, I'm sure Arsenal fans maybe were doing that last night. Um, I'll knock one play, out if there's a title race the... at Christmas. <laughs> there's a topic in itself. It, yeah, but I mean, it's, that McTominay goal at the, on Saturday was absolutely ecstatically electric. It was brilliant. But never in my life has football made me want to do that. If it has you, come on the podcast and explain that, how that works. It's never been sexual for me. Um, it's it's brilliant. Some would say it's better than that, but uh, I can't. I just can't imagine that. Oh, final whistle! I'm up. I'm up upstairs <laughs> with the roll kitchen roll. No, where have we gone? Uh, you don't get this on the Devil Podcast. Yeah. yeah, international break. What, what what would make you knock one out over football? Let us know uh, down below and on Instagram. Not in the DMs because then it'll get a bit creepy. Yeah, I mean, I remember being at a house party for the for the for the ninety nine goal. I can just imagine celebrating it, going this queue for the toilet, queue for the toilet. Um, anyway, what we were talking about the title race. Uh, the, 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 there's no yeah. race for the toilet. Um, the title race. Yeah, I, I feel that it's Liverpool, Arsenal, and Manchester City. From what I've seen so far, will I believe Man City always wobble in the autumn and then come firm in the second? Oh, I don't know where I am today. Um, they the, anyway. Yeah, what, what what are you thinking for the title? Well, yeah, I, the one for me is I like to get behind the underdog and there's one man that sort of is top of the tree at the moment and he speaks a bit like this, mate, and he says what it is and how it is, but he's got a nice demeanour. And if Spurs can keep pushing for that, I just think the, the, way that the way that they've been playing it is just, you know, we've been putting them in the Brighton uh, category of just really attractive on the eye. But then to go to Luton, go down to 10 men, I know that Luton are a poor side, but to get a victory is a little unspursy, if you will. So I think if they can keep that momentum up, I just want to see a big pack. And if Big Ange is in the big pack, that gets me excited. Yeah, I don't... Um, I, I, I did think about Spurs quite intensively to, to, as to whether we put them in a title race. One, I think Spurs fans will actually be on my side here. Don't put us in a title race. We don't want to be yeah. in it because they, they, they don't want that pressure. And two... I just think that Madison injury, Son injury, that what what you said a couple of weeks ago was absolutely spot on. If they can get there, if they're in the race at Christmas, surely Levy goes, I've got a really good manager here. There's a bit of money for Kane. And that's what, I mean, I'm going to mention this in a bit, but the January transfer window is massive. Um, I don't even have, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But no, I, I, I think right here, right now, go on. I was going to say, just buy came back. They've got the buyback clause. So maybe if he's seen a title race in January, they've got the buyback clause. Hi, guys. You know, I thought it was a good idea for me to come back from Germany. I see we're doing well. Maybe I can be the cherry on top. Well, wouldn't that, that would be lovely for Spurs if he came back at any point because they're doing well, wouldn't it? But now I'm going to go. I still think City win the league, Will, um, as of now. What do you, you think know, about what... Arsenal? Um, defensively, really good. Still don't think 
Uh, Arsenal fans might agree, they might disagree. I I said it again yesterday. I mean, who else could they play yesterday, I suppose? But Eddie Nketiah is just an Everton striker. Like he and and, and is he better than Calvert Lewin? Um I just I just think he's a a decent ish striker playing in a team that's well look, look at Man City. They've got Haaland and Alvarez. That's that's the difference for me. It's it, if Arsenal had a striker like that, and I know when everyone's fit they can put Jesus up there, but I still think that's the next thing for Arsenal. And Defensively very good. Declan Rice is settled in perfectly. Odegaard, I'm a massive fan of. Saka didn't play yesterday and they still won. But the striker thing for me, Eddie Nketi is fine on the bench. Chuck him on for 20 minutes, but he's starting too many games and and that would be my concern. Liverpool, I think, are up there, but there's still something about Liverpool that's still a little bit vulnerable at the back. Um, uh, But they've had a great start to the season. It's a three-way for me, uh, but I'd still go City. Yeah, I think the, the thing is, we, we always get excited like we did last year with Arsenal and Arsenal pushed Manchester City all the way, but you forget about that because the sort of last three, four games sort of descended into a bit of chaos. But it's when it gets to that run and we spoke about Arsenal last year. I remember saying it, I, I can't remember where, maybe just to myself in the toilet, but it was about Arsenal just being... When they get to the Emirates, there's going to be a different atmosphere. The, the, as a fan, you feel it. I've been at Blues playoff games where you're like, you're nervous and you're projecting that onto the pitch, not not knowingly, but you are doing it. Uh, and maybe they'll be better for that going into that running. But that the running is just so important, and that's where Manchester City just turn into robots, don't they? Yeah, and I think with Manchester City, they will obviously hit Christmas and do what they always do. So yeah, um, look. But as you said. I've got no. I went with Man City before the leagues started, so I don't mind doing that. But the big positive is, and we definitely have got it. I'm looking at the league table now. There's three points separating the top four with um, eight games gone. There's four points separating the top six with eight games gone. And if we, you just got to take it in stages. Next international break, we will we will still have a title race. Christmas, hopefully. If Man City win it, they win it. We all predicted that. But it's all for me. The exciting thing is. Losing those two games just gives us a bit of a title race. And, 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 and as long as that continues, you know, I'm here for it. The exciting thing is as well, you remember at the start of the season, people were asking Pep Guardiola, what do you want to improve on and what do you want for this season? He was like, I just want to beat Spurs. And Spurs famously have been taking points off Manchester City over the last couple of seasons. So if they can carry on with that and then we get to sort of into the weeds in March and April, I mean, those games could be your sort of City, Liverpool's, Man United, Arsenal's. They could be absolutely huge. And also, just to drop it in here, uh, Christmas is is coming. Um, the goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. I think that was the song. Um, I'm not going to start singing any Christmas songs. But what what the reason I mentioned Christmas is I was thinking yesterday, when do Liverpool play Arsenal? Because that is a massive game. I know Liverpool play Man City in November. That is not set yet because of the obviously the TV scheduling won't be done. But 23rd December, Liverpool Arsenal. Oh, it's oh. a Christmas cracker. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic! That get me some. So we're both, that one. yeah, we're both going City for the title. Um, moving on to the top four, then we've seen. I think after eight games, we we even said this a couple of weeks ago. You, you know, we know what everybody's about now. Uh, it's like being in, it's like being in that bar with my Jupon, isn't it? You know, you, you've surveyed the scene. You, you you've had a few chats with people. You know, you know, you know the people who are on your level. You know the people who 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 are intelligent but maybe don't catch the eye. You know, you know the, the only people who've got the moves. And you know the people who are faking it. Um, and maybe you even know some people that you know aren't all they seem. Um, 
I'm just saying, like we've 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 surveyed the scene and we know what we're going to. And um, who would you have in your top four, Will? I'll let you go this on this. I, I know who I'm going for top four, and there's probably a bit of controversy here. I'm gonna just go for the top four as it is. I just think the main one there. I think the top three sort of sorts itself out with uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool. But I don't know what it is. I'm really turning into a sort of you know Ange Postecoglou sympathizer. So I really want to get behind him, get behind Spurs, Madison. I'll come on to talk about a little bit later in one of our other topics. But he's just really galvanised that team and that fan base. And there's a lot to be said for it. Obviously, all the on-field stuff and the tactics have been proven. But just the way you can treat a club and turn it round just by like that and make it your own in your own identity in such a short space of time I only think with time he's he's going to further improve that my concern with Spurs and I've not put them in the top four and I'll tell you why they remind me of when I play paintball like when I play paintball the 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 way they play it normally is there's two teams I'll buy my ammo everyone will camp on each side I'll leg it through the undergrowth climb a tree and I'll sit there popping people off right and I'll take loads of them out, take loads of them out. And what will happen is they'll figure out where I am and I've got no backup and I'll run out of ammo. You know what your, you know what your backup is? You're definitely one of them guys that buys a paint grenade and then lets it off over themselves by mistake. Yeah, that's what I do. And I just feel that that's what Spurs are doing. Ange has put himself right in amongst it. He ain't, he ain't staying back, you know, down there with Villa and Brighton and, you know, safety and numbers. He's put himself right in the firing line. But I fear they'll run out of ammo. Um, and that will leave them exposed. Brilliant analogy, that. So my top four is... (laughs) I'm bigging myself up. You've got to do it. My top four is Man City, Liverpool. This is in order. Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Newcastle. Whoa! No, that's just the remnants of a cold from last week hitting the throat. Um, Newcastle. And you know why I'm going to go Newcastle? Because they're steadily bouncing back. And they had a tough start to the season. And they'll spend money in January. And I think that's where this comes down to. And people aren't realising this. The January transfer window will be big. It won't just be Chelsea in there. It's so competitive in that top four. I think Villa will need to spend. Maybe Brighton, Spurs, maybe Liverpool, maybe Arsenal. Newcastle, we know, have got the funds. I think Newcastle will come through and take fourth spot. I think I was going to text you actually because we spoke about Eddie Howe at the start of the season when we were speaking about managers to be sacked. It's almost like, not that we owe him an apology, but I mean, the PSG game will go down in history as a Newcastle fan and the way way he sort of navigated the Premier League and the Champions League and and they're in a rich vein of rich vein of form now and you know a point at West Ham is probably a good result in the in the mm. context of things so yeah I, you do forget you not you don't forget but yeah going into January with all the resources that they've got to be fair it's uh and the thing is probably Spurs and Newcastle will have the same amount of money-ish to spend obviously Newcastle probably a bit more but when it comes down to wages and the structure at Newcastle you just know if it's a battle between Spurs and Newcastle they'll pay the extra for a player yeah, I still think he'll go. I just think Dan Byrne, Eddie Howe, Sean Longstaff, Callum Wilson, they can't be the vision that Man City are People eventually. People keep saying that though, don't they? Yeah, and I, and I, want it, I want it to work, I do. But I just think logically, you know, Newcastle fans get offended by that, but that's because they're inexperienced in winning. Like the bottom line is, look at Man City. They've been through Mancini, Pellegrini to get to the to the top and they've got the best striker in the world the best manager in the world some of the best players in the world and Newcastle don't have that yet but that will be the blueprint and you know if Eddie Howe can 
hang in there and do it, great. But I, I think they will get top four. I think I think they'll get top four. That's my top four. Love that. I know so what you're you have a look say. down the bottom of the table. No, what are you going to well, say? Well, I thought you were going to mention why is Man United not there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean that should be a big. Well, to me, it's not that surprising. You normally jump on that. Man United. Fan. Yeah, no, sorry. It just feels like they've fallen off an absolute cliff. But you know, celebrating a two-one win against Brentford, like you just won the Champions League. I mean, you do you want to get into that? Hey, hold down there. Oh, whoa, whoa, back. Uh, who, who, <laughs> no, who, who made no, you? Nothing. Who made you <laughs> chief commissioner of the fun, please? <laughs> No, no, look, I mean, look, I, I don't put Man United in there because I just see the reaction to that result was fantastic. But, I mean, there were United fans out there that I've seen clipped up and ridiculed, and they deserve it. They do deserve it. There are other, there are other content creators out there, and they deserve it. Um, they've basically been ridiculed for their lack of reaction. I mean, some of them were, were reacting like the cat had died. Oh, McTominay. Oh, Amazing. Oh, I can't believe it. And you're like, wow, you know, you can't not, it doesn't matter who you support. You can't, you can't take yourself out. You can't say I didn't celebrate because of VAR or I didn't celebrate because of the bigger picture. Bollocks. You've got to celebrate those moments if you love football. So look, McTominay's a player that I've criticised, but one thing he has got is passion. We've always said sometimes he's just, that's all he's got. Um, But fair play, you know, Maguire played well. Martial did well, Ganacho, we they got the result, but bottom line is, Will, that's Brentford in the 92nd minute. I don't know whether you saw their their defender celebrate they won a goal kick in the 92nd minute. He looks a Pratt now. In fact, he could be Pratt Pundit of the Week if he opened his mouth, if we knew what he said. But look, United's beating Brentford in those circumstances just shows you where we are. I don't put us in the top four. I actually think there's huge problems at United and that probably was papering the cracks. I hope not. I hope to be wrong, but I'd just rather say yeah, we're nowhere near at the moment. There's so many teams better than us. There's so many teams playing better football than us. There's so many problems at Man United. I think that they can kick on a little bit. Maybe we'll beat Man City in the derby, but I just don't see us. I've seen so many teams this season that are better than us that I just don't see United. I mean, maybe top six. Would you put them in the top six? Um, End of the season? Yeah. I, th- I think the interesting one's going to be around, like you so if you put Newcastle in, then Tottenham drop out, and then you've got Villa and Brighton, they're obviously trying to navigate European football, so how far do they get into it? There's just a lot of teams that can sort of put pressure on in around there. So I-, I want Manchester United to do well, not because I like you, but because I think stability and keeping Eric Ten Hag is-, is the best thing for the long run. So I jest when I say about a 97th minute winner, because if you can't celebrate that, then you can't be a football fan so yeah great for them great who would have predicted a Maguire assist for a McTominay winner in the 97th minute of football well I did predict a Maguire goal on the Friday podcast yeah. didn't I um you did and it was I, I felt that was written in the stars but uh no look you know I, I people forget here and I'm not I'm in a safe place because I'm on Goldbridge saves football and I love football and um, I have to keep saying that at least three times a show but look I don't hate any player like people go oh you you hate Harry Maguire you hate this I'm like Seb Seb my son was over the moon his favorite player is Harry Maguire he's ill at the weekend with tonsillitis and uh, oh. I told him that Harry Maguire had scored and his face lit up um, so look I don't hate Scott Harry Maguire Harry Maguire got the assist. I said I didn't talk Sorry. to him about him. He, he, he wouldn't know who McTominay is. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people don't. But he was happy for Maguire. And look, I don't. If they, if Scott McTominay scores twenty goals this season and gets his top four, well done. I'm happy for the lad. But the criticism is valid. 
we are. We're a mid-table club, so you've got to look at why we're a mid-table club. And I think over the last two years, it's because of people like McTominay and Fred and Maguire and Lindelof who just aren't good enough. Let's move on to relegation. Who you got going down? Oh, this is easy. This is, this is a waste of time. Well, it's like going to see my well, mother-in-law. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be Luton and Sheffield United, and that's confirmed. Um, as much as I am getting behind Luton on this podcast, uh, I am changing my tune slightly. Um, I think the interesting one down there at the bottom is the sacking of Gary O'Neill as Bournemouth manager after one of the most fantastic seasons, maybe not ever pushing it a little bit too far. Then Bournemouth getting their new manager in, Gary O'Neill going to Wolves, who at the start of the season, I definitely had in my bottom three and was writing them off because of all the financial trouble selling their best player. And when I've seen them, it's obviously been in the bigger games. They've been fantastic. They've got seven points so far. I think Gary O'Neill's philosophy is going to, you know, get deep rooted a little bit more and and they'll kick on. So as much as I don't like Wolves, I, I think they'll stay up and I think Bournemouth will drop into that bottom three and it'll be all of their own doing. Yeah, I mean, we are, I mean, we could almost throw in who we think is going to get the sack now because no one has been sacked and we, we've changed it a little bit from the start of the season. I said Roy Hodgson, that's not going to... In fact, basically, everything I said at the start of the season, you must be laughing. Crystal Palace relegated the ninth. Uh, James Madison's going to flop. I'm about to mention him as a candidate for player of the season so far. Um, I can't remember what else I got wrong. But what also, I just think that Gary O'Neill, you're right. They have been playing really, really well. Um, and I think with... Can I just clarify? It's bothering me. When I said it's like going to mother-in-laws, I've got two mother-in-laws. So if either one of them are listening, I might have been talking about the other one. Um, and, and one of the nice, mother-in-laws yeah. I really that, enjoy going round to. Um, that so, sounds weird. Yeah, but I always take the family with me. Nothing, there's nothing like that, Will. I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm not one of those people who go... Look at your mother, mother-in-law, and that's what your wife's going to look like in forty years' time. That's not true. I, I'd be taking them back under the trade description act. Trust me. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get. But well, relegation for me is very easy. I'm just going to go Burnley, Luton, and Sheffield United. I think Burnley have been very, very disappointing, and people keep going, "Oh, they were so good last year with Vincent Company." They are. They've conceded nearly the same amount of goals as Sheffield United, and Sheffield United let eight in. They just, they, 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 you know, they're a sieve. Yeah, I think the the big thing is we spoke about it before. I remember Daniel Farker speaking about it. There's a you, you can't be too stubborn in your philosophy. It's fantastic, but you know when they're losing, they're conceding so many. And when you're coming up with that attacking philosophy from the championship, you have got to adjust. You can't just be like, this is my way or the highway, yeah. because you will suffer and you will go down. But I just think Bournemouth will pit Burnley to the post. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Uh... Well, I think, well, actually, just very, very quickly, next manager to get sacked, I think it's the Bournemouth manager, isn't it? He's not. He's the only manager in the league that's um, doing the Invincibles the wrong way around. He hasn't won a game. Yeah, but I think it might almost be back to the board where they've, you know, they've made their own bed and they've got to lie in it a bit more to be like, well, we've really got to keep backing him because it was our decision to get rid of Gary O'Neill. And we've well, I was angry about that at the bit. time. Yeah, and you were right to be. But then again, their next two games, think, make or break, Wolves at home and then Burnley at home. So they've got, um, he's got to win them too, really, hasn't he? I think to lose to 3 0 to Everton in the, after just Luton beat them at Goodison Park, I mean, that's really a damning statement in the other way around. One person who might be relegated is you to the sofa after the mother in law comments, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, don't worry. I'll be fine. <laughs> the reality is, um, we can edit it out. The bottom line is, People, I think people will focus on the whacking one out to Arsenal winning thing and they'll, they'll not notice that one. Um, anyway, the, the 
the, the interesting thing is we must be approaching some sort of record because you normally have got a sacking by now. So let us know in the, you know, there is a comment section on Spotify and other areas. Who you think is going to get sacked next? I'm going to go Bournemouth coach. Uh, I think you're right. You're going to go the same, aren't you, Will? Uh, no, I think, um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I might just go for, I, I, to be fair, I think it'd be the Sheffield United manager, actually, Paul Heckenbottom. Yeah. It's a good shout. Uh, and just before we move on to the either or section and Pratt Pundit of the Week, which is my favourite section of the podcast on a Tuesday, um, I, we, 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 we've done who's going to win the league, we've done top four, we've done relegation as, 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 you know, eight games in. Who would be your player of the season eight games in? Um, I've got three candidates here. You might have different candidates. It's difficult because there are a number of players that have done quite well. Uh, obviously not Jared Bowen. I've gone with James Madison, Saliba and Mo Salah as my three. I called him Mo Scammer yesterday on the watch along by mistake. I, I actually like Salah. He's not a scammer and he's not a stat padder. So I've gone Salah, Saliba and Madison as my three candidates for player of the season so far. Have you got anybody else to add in there, Will? Well, yeah, you took the joke right out of my mouth. So I had put Jared Bowen down after your horrendous opinion on Friday, which could see Did you he score at the weekend? No, he didn't, but he, Did he, he, get any he was really unselfish. Someone texted me saying, what a really unselfish performance from Jared Bowen. Um, you probably listened to the podcast. Good. You know, we're saving football. Um, we're making Jared Bowen a better player. No, I, I had I had two names down. I had James Madison and I did have Rodri, but I think his red card sort of soured that. And But then yeah. sort of the impact of him being away sort of shows how vital he is. But yeah, the one for me is just James Madison because he's the reason why I enjoy football. He's direct. He is skillful. He excites you. And I think as an England fan, thinking of him slotting into maybe in behind the striker, but I mean, maybe we can get that onto our Friday show about what 11 we pick and, and who would be in it. But I just, James Madison's been, and you think for the price as well, I know that doesn't tie into play of the season, but £40 million to James Madison in this world is going to be an absolute snip. Yeah, I think the logical answer is James Madison, but um, I did notice that he had some golf charity day yesterday and I saw a lot of influencers were invited. Ben Foster was there. Um, I didn't get an invite, so therefore I'm going to go for Saliba. Yeah, but I've tried to get you into golf. Golf Bridge literally sells sells itself. Oh, it's Mates Rates FC. He'll know who I am. He'll be like, I'm not inviting him. He said something about me or he's my mate. Uh, Probably just... Might just be you're not not very good at golf and you've never played before. I mean, some of those courses, Mark, you can't just be whacking and hacking. James Madison's crap from the footage I saw as well. Anyway, um, completely because he didn't invite me to his golf day, it's going to be Saliba, who is having a great season at Arsenal and he is my player of the season so far. But Madison, you know, you had your chance, you blew it. There you go. Shall we move on to... Oh, God, I've got a frog in my throat now. It's Madison. He's trying to choke me. He's trying to choke me. Virtually, he's got Jedi powers. What do we got okay. then next, Will? We're moving on to Pratt Pundit, Mark. Obviously, it's oh, been yes. uh, a, an absolute... I mean, it's almost like we've got a few different nominees here. I've got one down. I know you've got two. So do you want to start, come to me, and then finish on your, on your third one? Who are you going to start with? Well, I've got to start off... With, I mean, look, we, we've not mentioned it yet, and it's not... I don't want to be somebody who sweeps this under the carpet because... Obviously, we've been talking about VAR before it was hipster to do to do it. Um, the, the, look, this this is the comment from Mike Dean that just sets me up perfectly. He was on Sky on Saturday. There was a bit of a staged argument with Paul Merson. I felt it was a bit staged, to be honest. You know, having uh, no, ar- you know, I did. I think it was a bit. You know, we need to try and be a bit hipster here. We're losing viewers. 
uh, more than Channel Five, and um, they 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 basically were just trying to be a bit with it. Um, and the line for me from Mike Dean, and he made a few. There was a lot of lines from Mike Dean, um, and he was saying all sorts of stuff about the, the protocol won't be changed till the summer. But the big line for me is, it won't happen again. Rest assured, it won't happen again. And I thought that has to be the Pratt Pundit of the week because literally the next day, we had the red card debacle with uh, Michael Oliver. Now, Mike Dean will say, well, no, I was talking about the specific offside goal that was onside. But that's not what fans are talking about. Fans are talking about negligence. And what I couldn't believe yesterday in that game with Arsenal, and thank God, Will, Arsenal won, was that the Kovacic tackle goes to VAR. And his studs are up the whole time. Now, we mentioned Curtis Jones last week. You thought it was red. I didn't. But the one thing we agreed on was that there was no intent. He, you know, he went to tackle the ball in a normal way and physics made it go over the top of the ball and stood him. Kovacic was always studding him. His studs were up. And they reviewed it, yellow card, and then even more inexplanatory, literally a few minutes later, he studs Declan Rice and doesn't even get a second yellow. And I'm like, all right, it's not, it's not, it's not depriving an onside goal, okay. But for me, it's it's virtually identical because those decisions, both of them, are negligent. Like, they're not opinion, they're negligent. And fair play, everybody who watched the game, you looked at social media, commentary, everybody, even and Sky at halftime, they were on about it. That's negligence. So, for me, Arsenal need two apologies. If they don't get them, it's just the dictatorship, arrogance of the PGMOL. But Mike Dean's a firm contender, number one, for Pratt Pundit of the Week, for saying this won't happen again. And then the next day, we get negligence on a major scale. I think the worrying thing for Mike Dean is he gets put in these positions as a sort of, you know, voice of authority. And then he's coming off the back of speaking on a podcast where he wasn't abiding by the laws of the game because it was his mate. And then all of a sudden, four, well, six, seven weeks later, he's speaking about the laws not being upheld, the laws can't be changed. And fair play to Paul Merson because he was right. It's like, just stop the game. Like, no one's going to die. There's a clear goal that should have been awarded. Yeah. But it just goes back to Mike Dean is upheld as sort of one of the best referees that we've had. And that's a damning indictment of the referees in this country. And he sort of gets portrayed as this entertainer who ultimately is just there to be an entertainer at the end of the day he's, he's not a very good referee he's not a very good entertainer and yet we hold him some high standard of like oh this you know this guy we need to listen to because he's refereed the game I've ref the game and sorry to steal your catchphrase but he's absolutely atrocious and I just think it's just the problem with that sort of that media element of it he's got all the authority of a shaved carrot at a meat buffet no one's interested <laughs> no there's no credibility um he's not even niche um I don't know why. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why. I don't know why they do it. I mean, we had that Walton, didn't we, last year on BT? You got Gallagher on Sky. Why do they employ ex-referees as an authority when no one respected them when they were referees in the first place? They're just, just, and then they sit there pontificating. Get rid, rubbish, waste of time. Anyway, let's go on with it. Um, My third candidate. I'm trying. My third candidate for Pratt uh, Pratt Pundit of the Week is actually a collection uh, headed up by Piers Morgan, who I heard on the radio today talking about his Arsenal side. Uh, or talking out of his arse, uh, as some might say, uh, as per usual, uh, basically saying that uh, Raya hasn't impressed him and he wants Ramsdale in goal. Um, a collection of people over the last few weeks and at the weekend as well. I think I think one uh, pundit described him as a nervous wreck. I think Arteta had to say something about it afterwards. I, I just find it 
so shallow. Um, any time a British player gets dropped or any time a British player scores a goal, it's like the pile-on from this odd, odd, because I'm English, it's just odd, the, the absolute pandemic of uh, English pundits who are up the arse of English slash British players, but foreign players, they just don't like. I mean, David Raya is a breath of fresh air. The risks he takes are because he's a ball-playing goalkeeper. And yeah, Alvarez nearly scored. But, you know, Ramsdale's... Uh, I don't think it's a debate. I think Raya's better than Ramsdale. Some think people think Ramsdale's better than Raya, but it's just the witch hunt. And I saw it with De Gea last year. They'll go after Raya until they get what they want. And I just think it, 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 that's, to me, deservedly in there as Pratt pundits of the week who just have this obsession with somebody's passport. We're a diverse league. It's been like this for 30 years. Yeah, and I think with Ramsdale as well, it does feel that there's a bit of a... a lot, I really would like Ramsdale to be in there from an England perspective, but mm. you, you can't start piling on people because of that. And, you know, Arsenal play in a certain way and, you know, he's very new to that team still. And I tell you what, I don't know whether Ramsdale would have been as comfortable as what Arsenal were doing yesterday. Yes, Raya was under pressure, but that was because Arteta and Arsenal wanted to just keep the ball around the back. And Ramsdale, I don't think he would have been as comfortable. I mean, yeah, look, Ray, it looked a bit dodgy at times, but they were purposely keeping the ball around their own penalty box. Uh, who are we going to go for as Pratt Pundit of the Week? I mean, I quite I like yours. I think it's got to be Mike Dean because it's, yeah. it's just got to be, because it's going on for too long. And, uh, yeah. You know, it might become a serious issue with Saves Football where we need to sort of have a look at Mike Dean's position. I think it's going to be ongoing. We've got a few issues that we need to tidy up on Saves Football. But for me, it's Mike Dean because... The guy is the definition of the word Pratt. Yeah, the arrogance uh, the arrogance is ridiculous. And I will say this, we'll, we'll see what happens by Friday, but there needs to be an apology um, on those. Uh, Michael Oliver needs to be suspended as well, but he's, he's the darling of the PGMOL with Anthony Taylor. So they'll sweep it under the carpet. And that... that I don't want to use the word corrupt. I use the word nepotism. I'm, I'm fed up with the favouritism and, and, and it's disgusting. And I felt sick yesterday when I saw that. And I don't have a horse in the race of Arsenal and Man City. I didn't have one in the Liverpool Spurs game either. Um, shall we move on to either or? Yeah, there's a few in here. I think we'll start with a, a good one that you brought to my attention. We've got here Kevin De Bruyne or David Beckham. Um, big talking point. The documentary's been up. I've finished it. I think you're still about to finish it, but it's been a great watch. But um, I think Noel Gallagher was asked on somewhere, who's better, Kevin De Bruyne or David Beckham? And he went Kevin De Bruyne. And this, it angered you a little bit, didn't it? Well, the positive is that, uh, obviously, Noel Gallagher has admitted that, you know, through a large portion of his life, he was doing a lot of drink and drugs. So I think when he said Kevin De Bruyne is better than David Beckham, that is a fantastic campaign for anti-drugs because he's talking complete and utter off his head. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is a fantastic player, but, I mean, look, it's not even recency bias because of the documentary. David Beckham... Uh, he's a fantastic footballer. He's, a, he's, a, he's an example of getting absolutely everything out of the talent that you've been given because he's not Messi. You know, he's not Paul Scholes. He's not Wayne Rooney. But what he achieved in his career probably superseded both of those players because it wasn't just Real Madrid. It wasn't just Manchester United. It was PSG. It was AC Milan. It was, you know, MLS, which I know I don't really respect, but ultimately it, it, it worked out for him. But I just think that David Beckham is somewhat underrated in the sense that his brand was obviously one of the biggest footballers ever. And he wasn't one of the best footballers ever by any means. But 
just a fantastic player. And I, I would urge anybody to watch the documentary, Will, because it, it, it was an eye-opener to so many people. Like, we think that players get abused. You know, you get Gareth Southgate saying that Harry Maguire's been abused. And I'm like, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He really, not, not, not. And, and Gareth Southgate was an England player then. I mean, I, I remember it. I remember the hate campaign against David Beckham. And as a Man United fan and as a Beckham fan, I, I, I was completely against it. But you watch that documentary and I didn't realise it went on for a whole season, you know, against his wife, his family, being spat at in the street. Thank God we don't have that level of abuse anymore. I think some people forget that they think that because social media exists now that the abuse is worse it wasn't that i mean that was bang out of order and you know you listen to beckham at the you know in that documentary saying that it's the hardest one of the hardest periods of his life and to come through that and and then win the treble um i think david beckham is a is a is an is an is a role model and should be a role model to so many young footballers because of what he did with his talent where he went with his talent and and the and the barriers he fought through to realize that talent yeah, and I, I think the best thing about that documentary is, yeah, you one, you forget about the level of abuse, but because David Beckham's got this sort of like, you know, it's always been levelled at him because of the way he speaks, he's a bit simple, but like the sort of, the intelligence of the man to be this bit, the businessman that he is, but also the grit, the determination that's instilled with him where he just keeps on keeping on, and especially that 98-99 season where it was highlighted, where you, you do forget how it would, and obviously they're at a level of fame where it's, you know, absolutely you know at the top at the very top but the abuse that they got just for so long and, and then to deliver those performances and you know it always goes down to Solskjaer and Sheringham but Beckham was the guy that put those dangerous balls in yeah to get you know he was the brilliant Champions he was man of the match that the night triple. I've watched yeah. that game loads and of times I, I said it when I watched it and I've watched it a few times since he, he's Man United's man of the match yeah, I think just I I forgot the the player that he was, and that documentary was fantastic to remind you of that, and just the career that he had as well. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. That England Greece game as well. Everyone says it's about the free kick. They showed a few clips of it as well. I remember that game vividly. He was just unbelievable. You know, you got people like Gerard who was a bit young then, but there's be- there's good players on the pitch who just disappeared and he it was, it was like a one-man Roy the Rovers thing but look Kevin De Bruyne is a fantastic player and people will be saying you're talking rubbish but Kevin De Bruyne is a fantastic player but he wasn't a fantastic player before he went to Man City and he's still at Man City if Kevin De Bruyne wants to be better than David Beckham then I think Kevin De Bruyne needs to do more than just play for mm. Manchester City I do no I do I think Would that you... where, where's the Real Madrid or Barcelona move where's the you know where's the scintillating performances for Belgium he goes he goes missing I think he's I think Kevin De Bruyne could be a better player than David Beckham, but is he not in a bit of a security blanket at Manchester City? I mean, was he, you know, David Beckham played for Manchester United because he worshipped them as a kid and then he went to Real Madrid. I don't think Kevin De Bruyne woke up with Sean Gota pyjamas. Good job I added the pyjamas bit in there um, on. And um, I, 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 don't think, I think he's a bit comfortable, De Bruyne. Um, and, and, and you, you yeah, have to take into account the career as well as the, as the player. But in that documentary, it's quite clear David Beckham moved because of a breakdown in communication with Alex Ferguson. And you can level at that, David Beckham or Sir Alex Ferguson. From where I'm standing, I sort of backed Fergie a little bit more in that just because of the of the way. I don't know. But, but it was Manager's got to manage. Kev- Manager's got to manage. Yeah. Well, that was clear with that. But I think with Kevin De Bruyne, you can't really say he's sort of taking it easy because Manchester City have just won the treble and he was one of the top three catalysts for that. And of course, you'd stay at that. 
Yeah, injury prone. But We're not going to mention his hair is a you, negative, but he is injury prone. Well, I'm a bit ginger as well, so I'll take that personally. Um, my my nan yeah, was ginger. I, I, fantastic. Um, yeah, I do really like Kevin De Bruyne. But yeah, that day, after watching four episodes of that documentary, I'm just... Seeing David Beckham in a PSG kit was just... I completely oh, his forgot, career's I forgot brilliant. about that, but it's just... And I, it's just I loved it when he cried at the end of his career as well. He just loved football. Loved football. Yeah, and and you could thing. see on his face, he knew, it, he, knew, he knew it was over now. And I, it just gets me every time. Look, I think some people, when you're doing either or, they think you're saying one's brilliant and one's shit. I'm not saying it's not a debate. That's the whole no. point why we do them, but it's Beckham. Next. Um, well, uh, if we can go to it now, just because it's... Uh, it's which has been on my mind all podcasts. I've got down here, John Eustace or Wayne Rooney. Uh, so yeah, let me add a bit of context here. Obviously, Will's a Birmingham City fan. Birmingham City are sixth in the championship, which is not normal. And um, they've removed John Eustace to bring in Wayne Rooney as their manager. Now, I think this is great. I need to give Will his stance because he's a Blues fan. I think this is great because it's... I live just outside of Birmingham. My daughter is on Birmingham City's books um, and, you know, I, I want them to do well. Um, I, I, I like Villa as well. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I know I'm not from here. So to me, it doesn't matter. But um, I think it'd be great if Birmingham can get back in the Premier League. I think it'd be great for Villa if Birmingham can get back in the Premier League. They've got an owner who is ambitious. They've got a CEO who was up until five months ago. I think he was heading up the Saudi Pro League as the CEO there. He's been at Man City. And I think what they've done here, Will, is they've just made a move to put themselves on the map a little bit and to show their intent and ambition. It's either a really brave, brilliant move or it'll be a little bit like Bournemouth getting rid of Gary O'Neill. What puts you on the map, though, actually getting promoted and being in the promotion spot, so what John Eustace is doing... Or just, you know, having a coach that might not do very well, ruin the sort of the nature of what's going on at the club. And then, oh, great, we've got a big name. But then if you're attracting those fans, I don't want those fans anyway, because they're just Wayne Rooney fans and they'll hop off at the next junction. I think the sad thing for me is Wayne Rooney gets a clean slate. Whoever comes in with him, clean slate, I'll get behind the manager. The sad thing is the nature of the statement, because John Eustace came in in a really, really bad time for us. Every person that did YouTube... Uh, championship predictions or paper predictions blues were 24th or 23rd we finished 17th or 16th we overperformed that season this year if we got sort of mid-table or a little bit higher fantastic we're going into the international break sixth the last time we did that Gary Rowett did it we got new owners he got sacked Zola came in and he won three games in about 28 and we nearly got relegated it's history repeating itself and the sad thing is that the statement was very punchy and a little bit bitchy because John Eustace should be thanked because we wouldn't be in this position without him and I just think football is a business and I know that but with a chief executive that is a Birmingham City fan I thought maybe naively that we'd have a bit more I nearly said decorum but that word's a bit above my station but I just wanted a little bit more but respect is the right word yeah and and as a fan you just want your team to do well put in a performance and they've been doing that we've scored seven goals in a week we just beat the baggies in the derby 3-1 and I just feel a bit today I today in in the words of Infantino today I feel sad and I feel really excited I do and Wayne Rooney back (laughs) in football Birmingham City Birmingham City with Wayne Rooney in charge you know ambitious owners but you're right you're not you're not wrong I don't think there's a wrong or right answer here because 
ultimately, you're right, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who agree with you, but have you seen the film Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I have. So DiCaprio, no money, has a wife, has kids. She's there from the start, gets popular, gets famous. Margot Robbie flashes her bits and he's he's all over it. And, you know, the wife that's been with him and, you know, helped him and supported him and probably said, I'll look after the kids while you work late. Um, she's binned off for Margot Robbie. Nine, we, we did a survey. 99 out of 100 people would have done exactly the same. It doesn't mean the ex shouldn't feel you know, aggrieved or disrespected. Yeah, but um, that film ends with him in prison. So what, where's this analogy? Yeah. But it's only like you've been here at the start of the podcast. With all due respect, if Mika Richards rung me up and said, <laughs> I want to replace Will, <laughs> then I'd be like, but Will's really important. He's worked really, really hard. When can you start? So, you know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm not like that. But the bottom line is that's what's gone on. It's not, it, that's yeah. what's gone on. You know, the, John Eustace doesn't deserve it, but it's massively exciting that, Mar- not Margot Robbie, that Wayne Rooney um, <laughs> is going to come to Birmingham. The interesting thing is, is he a good coach? That's going to be the interesting thing. He will get the resources though. Um, you've, I mean, look, I don't, Frank Lampard, didn't even get Derby out of the championship and ended up managing Chelsea, Everton, Chelsea and this talk of the Rangers job, which is a joke. Wayne Rooney doesn't want to be that. You don't want to be Gerard and Lampard, you know, living off your football career. He's got a man he's got to he's got to do well. And it and it one thing is Will Will, he'll either he'll either be brilliant or it'll be a like you say, it could be a big failure because it's not easy to get out of the championship. So um uh yeah, let's see what happens with that. Uh any other either ors? Yeah, we've got some uh, here. Let's go back to sort of what people maybe want to hear about a little bit more. The Premier League, obviously, we're sort of having a little review of the season so far. So we're looking in a few different positions. You came up with a great one. we got here Saliba or Virgil van Dijk. Ooh. Well, van Dijk was sloppy yesterday. It was a sloppy pass into McAllister. It cost him a goal. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I feel that Saliba is brilliant and they missed him when he got injured last season. And I think he's arguably the best centre-back in, in, in... I mean, I'd just given him player of the year so far because Madison didn't invite me yeah. for golf day. So and I'm a massive fan of him and I think he's fantastic. Is he as good as Van Dijk yet? Because Van Dijk's got a, a repertoire. He's got a CV. He's better than Van Dijk at the moment on form. Is he a better defender than Van Dijk yet? No. I think Van Dijk at his best, if he can be his best still, is better than Saliba. But on form, Saliba is better. It's close. It's close. What would you say? I think Saliba needs a Virgil van Dijk season where you can say, yeah. like, Saliba has led Arsenal to the Premier League. Saliba yeah. has led Arsenal to the Champions he's League. He's on track. He needs that in his locker. Yeah, he definitely is, and he's got that in his locker, but we need to we need to see that. Virgil van Dijk is standing in front of his locker with those awards, and he has done that. Injury is part of his sort of career, is part of his game, and hopefully he can get back to the, the high standards where, you know, we've not seen a centre-back sort of I got used to get excited about seeing Virgil van Dijk play as a centre back so yeah I think mm. Virgil van Dijk overall Saliba on form and if Saliba can do a van Dijk it would be Saliba yeah I've got another good one um, Alisson versus Courtois I know he's injured at the moment so we're not you know I'm better than Courtois at the moment he can't walk the poor bloke but the goal the, the best goalie in the world Alisson or Courtois didn't you have a tete-a-tete once with Courtois on Twitter pre- me being a oh people talk about that you know what we actually were dming for about three days he he, he, yeah he he basically tweeted about each other no i I never i don't think i've ever revealed that actually um i might have mentioned it on a watch along so people 
Oh, I was on. I was in Centre Parks, and I'd said something, and then my phone was <laughs> banging off, and then people were like, "Oh yeah, Courtois has owned Goldbridge," and then I looked on my phone, I saw it, it replied. It was something about distribution. Um, I mean, all I'd said is that De Gea and Courtois are very similar, and he'd like gone, "I'm not. I'm. I can pass the ball out from the back." Anyway, he DM'd me anyway, and then we had this big chat. Um, I mean, I've not, I've not, spoke, I've not, we've not DM'd since. It was about three years ago. But uh, no, he's a very, he's a very good goalkeeper. My point was, people were getting on at De Gea as, uh, as a goalkeeper. But um, I just think Allison's fantastic, Will. And I hate saying it as a United fan, but he made a, he made a big, big save yesterday. I just, I just think he's, he's so good. I, I personally think he's the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, I think even he's definitely got the highlight reel, but this season it feels like each game he's adding to that highlight reel with some of the fans. I mean, the Newcastle one, of course, yeah. gets pointed out, and but this season it just feels like he's he's stepping up to another level with his actual saves. He's obviously his distributions there. So yeah, I'd have to agree with you on Allison on that one. Yeah, and 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 his distribution is definitely better than Courtois. I mean, I, I'm a little bit. We're going to keep an eye on this on Goldbridge saves football over the next few weeks because I'm. I'm wondering if the bubble's starting to burst on the obsession to play out from the back. We've seen how Inanna is just booting yeah. it long now. Brighton have conceded eight goals in two games, and a lot of them are because they play out from the back. Liverpool yesterday as well. Um, Arsenal got away with it a bit yesterday, but this obsession with playing out from the back, eventually I think it will get... If football evolves, I think it will become... Yeah. If everybody knows everyone's playing out from the back and you swamp the press high then they're going to have to kick it long anyway. So I'd be interested to see how football evolves because it can't... Everyone plays out from the back and then suddenly everyone knows everyone's playing out from the back. Well, I think there's probably an interesting chat maybe we can have it during the international break, but just about the way football is played at the moment because it feels, especially at the elite level, just so much in stages and like, right, he's there, you activate there, around there. And it just yeah. becomes a little bit robotic where I'm, I'm... Maybe I am getting old, like... I'm, I'm turning 33 next year so maybe I'm just learning yearning for the days of 4-4-2 up to the big man and then it a volley but the sort of in the individual nature of football does I've not said it's gone away at all but it does feel like it's sort of departing the station at a slow pace you know what we need we need a manager and it will happen uh, we need a manager to come in and say I want you to take him on take him on like nobody does yeah. that you're right it's played in stages now um implement the press pass pass till you can find a way through the lines and i just there was a, there was a point yesterday actually I, 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 we're going to do this either or actually Kyle Walker or Trippier and there was a point yesterday where Trippier sort of uh, uh, Kyle Walker gets the ball against Arsenal and he looks at the Arsenal player and you know he's thinking i'm going to take him on and just skip past him and then we've broken the line and he doesn't he passes it backwards and i'm like he he's he had the opportunity to knock it past him and and, and sprint and uh, I just think that that's the that's the next step. You know, you think about the Gascoins and the Zidans. All this passing and all this implement of the press can be defeated if you've got a player in the midfield that or at right back or on the wing, but more in the middle that can just take people on. And nobody ever does it. Nobody ever does it. And as soon as you're past somebody everyone's got to move because you can't you've got to go to the man and I think that that's a that's a side of football that doesn't really happen anymore and it's a shame because it's you know that's the bit that we all love doing down the park isn't it I used to love skinning four or five players and you know rolling it in over the line with my head and then waking up no I could do it not anymore who would you go Trippier or Walker 
Uh, I would go Carl Walker. I think it's a pretty obvious one. I think that the, yeah. he's not revolu- revolutionised being a right back, but uh, some of the I think it, uh, if anything, he's a bit underrated when he's going to retire and the, and the achievements come out. And you know, there was talk of him going to like Sheffield United. Bayern. Was there a link to a Bayern, Bayern as well? And then um, I just think he is a pace the, merchant. The quad. Yeah, well, yeah, but he but uses that's an that attribute. That's an attribute. It's yeah, exactly. Cards. And you can, and um, you can tell how highly is rated by the way that Pep wanted to keep him around and sign that contract for this season. So I do love Kieran Trippier. He's given me one of the best moments of my life when he bent that free kick in against Croatia. And I think the way Southgate was speaking about Trippier, about you know that whole Newcastle team of how how sort of changed it around and changed the fortunes of your Kieran Trippiers, Dan Burns, and Longstaffs. But yeah, for me at the elite elite level, if it's Trippier or Walker, it's Walker all day. And is that all the either-ors? Uh, well, we've got a few more, but we're coming into an international break. So there's a few sort of like um, ones I think would be perfect for the international break. So I think we'll save those for next Monday and we'll maybe yeah. have a little bit more fun. Um, but shall I just say as well, obviously on Friday we had the uh, we did the podcast and thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're following us so you get your notifications. Uh, but we did do a little competition. So we've got some EAFC codes coming for you and we've picked the winners and we'd just like to say a big thank to everyone for entering. And there'll be more competitions along the season. But a big congratulations to Craig Weir, Harry Baker and Jack Goodwin. I'll be sliding into your DMs. Ask what console you want. And we'll try and get those codes over to you ASAP. Mark, are you ready for the game? What is it? Yeah. Oh, hangman, okay? isn't it? Football hangman. Fire through quick then. None of this bloody... We did it well last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do questions and then do the guesses near the end. Uh, does he play in the Premier League currently? No. Did he? Does he play currently? No. Did he play in the Premier League? Yes. Did he win the Premier League? Yes. Did he win the Premier League for Manchester United? No. Did he win the Premier League for Arsenal? No. Is it Frank Lampard? No. Did he win the Premier League for Chelsea? No. Did he win the Premier League for Liverpool? No. Where's Morgan? No. Did he win? <laughs> oh, I think I've got... I've probably got two questions left and a few guesses. Did he win the Premier League with Leicester? No. Oh. Chris Sutton? No. Did he win the Premier League with Blackburn? No. You've got to, you've got to guess now. You've used all your questions. Uh, I'm gonna get, uh... There is a club that's won the Premier League quite a lot that you haven't mentioned. Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Leicester, Blackburn. I can't believe you're going so obscure. We've, we spoke about him at the top of the show. Right. Lost lost to Arsenal yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I got it. I'll just go into 90s mode with you. 90s into early 2000s. Is it Calvin Phillips? No. You've got three left. John Stones? No. Rodri? No. I, I said they weren't playing anymore. One more. Oh, yeah. Micah Richards? Yeah. No. Vincent Company. 
Ah, oh, that's my fault. Yeah, I literally, I always go straight nostalgia. So I've absolutely, yeah, I've ruined it for myself there. Probably ruined it for everyone at home. So I do apologise to you. Somebody at home would get it. But a lot of people put it in the chat that they like football hangman. In fact, let us know in the comments what you think of football hangman because uh, we don't mind it. But I think a lot of people at home like it because they can play along. And that's that's always good. I prefer Goldbridge. I did really well at the weekend, actually. We'll, we'll hit that on Friday. And on Friday, we've also got a cracking... Obviously, we do an extra show on a Friday now. And we've got a really good one on Friday. We did... Um, We've done worst Premier League team of the season last Friday. Um, we've got a different one on Friday coming up, so it'll be good. Um, I enjoyed that. Will's depressed because Birmingham have sacked their manager. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. Um, a trip down memory lane with Jupe and uh, other good topics as well. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Make sure you give us a follow on Spotify and leave us your comments. There's always a comment section there um, or whatever whatever podcast uh, thing you listen to. Um, really, really appreciate your support as ever. The podcast is still in the Champions League positions. We're still in the top four, which is amazing considering what we're up against. So keep telling people about it. Keep getting involved. Goldbridge saves football. And uh, Will, hopefully you'll be feeling better by Friday. Yeah, I mean, just on that, last week in the podcast was uh, stick to football lad David Beckham on and rest his football lad Thierry Henry on. And in ours, it was just me and you. So I think we're doing pretty well and should pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, bloody hell. I mean, and, and not yet. Yeah, that That's the pulling power of that, isn't it? I've played the game and, and the budgets as well. I mean, Beckham wouldn't come on anyway, but you can imagine how many zeros it would be on the end of it as well. Yeah. I mean, angry ginger. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it. I think it'd be better stuff. content. It'd be better content, but yeah, it's 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 one tough. day. It's we'll tough. get there. One day. All right. Let's let's go. Home. I'd wash his car. You know, you'd wash Angie's car and Southgate's car. There's a car I'd wash, and I don't yeah, wash I'm... my own car, so I'd wash wow. Beckham's. He strikes me as the sort of guy who would happily wash his own car and Hoover it out anyway, because he loves tidying up, doesn't he? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, no, he'd have to do that. He wouldn't. Let he wouldn't let you do it. it. He wouldn't let you do no. it. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Goldbridge Saves Football. Big shout out to Will. And uh, we'll speak to you on Friday. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.